go. And I'm going to share my screen so that you can also look at the questions while we're doing this. Okay. Now, um, I know you mentioned deleting the video afterwards. Is it possible for me to have a copy or? Oh, yeah. Um, do that, you want a okay? copy? Yeah, yeah. Do you want a, um, let me think for a second, because I only have your consent for the audio. Maybe, um, do you want the video or do you want only the audio? Um, maybe the video and the audio, if that's video possible. Video and the audio. Okay, so sure. I just, since we're on a recording now, um, can I get your verbal consent to yes. record the video? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I will send it to you. Um, it'll c convert immediately after the interview. Okay. So I can send it to you within like 10 minutes or so. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let me just take a second to arrange my things. All right. So let's start with part one, question one. So please describe how gender is reflected in your identity or self-concept and how or when you became aware of your gender preferences. Okay. Um, so I currently identify as a transgender woman. Mm -hmm. um, gender has kind of... Um, has changed its meaning a little bit for me over the years. Um, back when um, I was younger, I didn't really, I didn't really have a full grasp of what gender really meant. Um, I mean, I knew there were men, I knew there were women. Um, that was about as, as much, you know, as, as they teach you kind of thing. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know that it was possible to have these feelings of kind of like an in-between or one gender feeling like another and so for me it was um I, I had no uh, real explanation for that when I was younger um and it wasn't until probably when I got older that I started doing some research into it and what it meant um gender preferences I would say I mean as a, as a kid I was always interested in more and more feminine things um such as playing with dolls or wearing dresses and you know, running around and um, almost on like every single birthday that I had, I would always wish that I was a girl and I didn't really know why I would wish that I just did. And, um, and I, I just didn't know what that meant um, until I was older. And now um, in regard to gender preferences, I, I I'm not super like a feminine or anything, but I, I still know like what my identity is. I still know how I feel internally. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yeah, I see. And how about for question two, what is your first memory or one of your first memories of socializing your preferred gender expression? And if possible, could you please describe this experience or event and any potential outcomes um, as well as describe yourself at this time in your life? Sure. Um, so as I mentioned previously, I would say like the first real um, expression um, was when I was a kid, mm. um, when I would either wear dresses um, or sneak around and mm. wear like things on my like shirts on my head to make my hair appear longer. Um, I loved like Sailor Moon as a child. So I always was trying to like transform into like Sailor Scout and things like that. I thought that was something that could make me into, into a girl, mm -hmm. some crazy nonsense like that. Um, 
but over time it kind of faded when I was a teenager. I didn't really express myself um, with my outward appearance as my, as how I felt for a long time. I was very sheltered and I just, I didn't practice with like makeup or anything that would have made me feel better as a teenager. Um, so I didn't really start to express my gender um, in a more public eye until I was older, probably around 22 when I actually first started my transition. Um, at that point, I had spoken with a therapist and she recommended to me um, just practicing with little things in my daily routine, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it be like practicing putting mascara on when you go to work or just very subtle things that maybe I would notice, but not too many people around Mm -hmm. me would. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that really helped. And so I was working an overnight job and I was able to express myself with little things like that, putting my hair in a ponytail when it was getting a little longer or wearing some eye makeup, things that mm. people around me didn't, you know, some of them noticed my close friends, coworkers mm. noticed, but at least other people, um, like in the public customers, things like that wouldn't really notice too much. And so mm. that, that helped a lot with, uh, mm. just feeling more like myself. Mm, I see. Yeah. I'm just curious, um, when you started to implement these little changes, did you notice any differences in people's behavior towards you or how they interacted with you? I did. Um, (laughs) um, Most of it was positive. Um, Mm -hmm. Where I worked was a very LGBTQIA-friendly environment, Mm -hmm. so I got very lucky with that, Mm -hmm. and almost everyone there was very, um, very supportive. And even though I kind of had my former name at the time, they would, they would notice these things and mention them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of came out to everyone that they, um, they had a few questions here and there, but overall people were really, really positive. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And for question three, in the beginning of your transitioning or acknowledging of your gender identity, um, what did you envision as an ideal identity goal? And did you act on these goals and what were the outcomes? So such a goal could be something personal to you or a role model, anything like that. Um, so when I when I first uh, started my transition, uh, one of the very prominent figures that I kind of looked up to at the time was Laverne Cox, um, Mm -hmm. an actress that um, is trans and was in the show Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. And she had been on the cover of Time Magazine. And I just thought that was the greatest thing. And I guess for me, it was always about how I felt in my body. So my ideal goal was to eventually go through the medicalization process of having hormones um that way I would just not uh feel bad about myself every single day mm-hmm. um and I, I knew that as long as I could do that and as long as I could have some of those minor changes mm-hmm. I would feel a little less dysphoric over time and mm-hmm. would feel a lot better um I questioned getting surgeries. I questioned all of these other things. Um, Mm -hmm. And for a long time, that was kind of an ideal for me. Mm -hmm. As I've gotten older, I definitely feel like a lot of those things matter less. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because I'm at a point where I do feel really comfortable with, with how I look um, and how the hormones have helped without really needing to do anything else that um, Mm -hmm. I just don't think is right for me at the time. Mm -hmm. I see. And may we move on to part two? Yeah, of course. So part two, question four, how do different, so um, questions four, five, and six are generally about like settings and environments, different kinds of social contexts and relationships that we have with people, even strangers, um, or people that we don't know well that we might see on a daily basis. Um, Yeah, so these questions will kind of cover those types of things. So for question four, how do different settings or contexts play a role in your socialization with others? And does your social approach change in different environments? And if you have an example or two, that would be really helpful. Sure. Um, So I've started to notice this um, a little bit now that I've gone back to the job that I was at when I first started transitioning. I sometimes feel when I'm at my workplace around people who either, sorry, (laughs) maybe knew me before, um, I feel like mentally I start to resort back to that person, even though I'm still Mm -hmm. appearing as who I am now. And I'm still, nothing changes in like my demeanor or my voice or anything like that. It's just kind of an internal feeling that I get sometimes um, that I, I wonder, like, maybe I wonder if anyone still sees me this way. Mm. Um, and then just when I'm at home with my partner or something, you know, I, I don't think about those things. I don't really think much about my former mm. self or any, any of that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, um, interesting dynamic. May I ask you, um, when you refer to um, resort back to the former person that you were, do you mean pre-transition? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) And um, may I ask you a little bit, like, how do you differentiate between that person and who you are now, if you feel okay talking about that? Yeah. Um, I guess I just, I... I don't know. I've built a completely different life now. Um, and that definitely helps. It's like my surroundings now are, um, kind of what I envisioned my life Mm -hmm. to be like in the future. And now that there's a lot of positive things happening around me, Mm -hmm. um, that really, really helps, Mm -hmm. um, make me not think about that so much because before Mm -hmm. it was a lot of doubt. It was a lot of, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'll ever either feel loved or feel like I will be in a relationship or just Mm -hmm. in a good place Mm -hmm. financially where I lived, any of that. Um, Mm So yeah, just, just all of that helps me not, mm-hmm. not think about that much. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. And in that case, would you say that um, after transitioning, you felt that your life had, had less doubt and had more, more positivity to it? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's always going to be a little bit of doubt mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. prior to starting hormones I was I was one of those people who was very sheltered and who thought that Mm -hmm. 
I kind of like came into this world one day. I wanted to leave it one day, one, mm-hmm. the same way. I didn't want to begin any sort of medications like that. I medications in general, whether it be for like anxiety or any, anything else, I just, I always had issues with. Mm. So, um, starting hormones was something that I was just very unsure of because mm. I wasn't sure how it was going to affect me. And, mm. um, but now being on them for over almost seven years now, I just, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know why I was so worried. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Mm-mm. And let's see, question five, how do different relationships play a role in your approach to interaction? And how do you adapt to different individuals' roles or expectations? Um, and does this affect your self-concept or day-to-day livelihood? Uh-huh. I have to think about that one. The question, um, sorry, may I, may I interrupt you for a minute? Oh, yeah. The question can also be kind of flipped. So instead of like, okay. how do you adapt to other people? It can also be, how, what things do you um, personally express to others that you want um, to socialize certain aspects of yourself? Does, does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I suppose, let's see. Um, I mean, I guess when I, like when I first started transitioning, it was, going by like preferred pronouns and and things of that nature um and I guess I just how how people treated me I I didn't really expect anyone to change um I mean I I feel like I've always been treated fairly neutral my whole life like I don't think people have treated me either um like a boy or like a girl, or I just feel like it's been pretty and, you know, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's because, you know, there was always something a little bit like different about me. So maybe it just, you know, I, people didn't have this idea of like instilling any sort of like masculinity in me. Cause I definitely wasn't that. And they didn't, you know, mm-hmm. want to instill any femininity in me cause I wasn't like super feminine either. So it's, I don't know, I guess there wasn't a lot that, that changed with how people interacted with me or that I, I wanted to change. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I could think of. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And let me think about this for just a second. Uh-uh. Um. When you describe how people treat you generally neutrally, not overly yeah. masculine or feminine, expecting these types of things from you, is there perhaps an example that you could use to describe this? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. it, it can even be something quite minor, if possible. I, let's see. um, the way that people interact with you that that gives you the feeling that it's more neutral and not explicitly masculine or feminine um so I guess like like when growing up for instance Mm -hmm. um I don't recall you know how some parents will be like oh you know are you gonna uh, have like a boyfriend a girlfriend or Mm -hmm. you know they'll ask you and kind of push these things I guess 
I mean, I, I think my family did that a little bit, but it wasn't, maybe I just can't remember it much, but I, I feel like they didn't do that sort of stuff. Mm. So by neutral, I just mean that there wasn't a lot of, um, stereotypes that they were trying to, to push on to me to make me be one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one example. Um, mm-hmm. maybe I'm trying to think of another one. <laughs> um, I've also, I guess have felt very, very independent and, and not like I've needed to ever really be coddled or anything. Mm-hmm. So once transitioning and being out there and going on dates and things like that, um, I feel like it was neutral then too, because I felt like I was like, I've always seen myself as a pretty strong person. Mm-mm. So I didn't feel like anyone needed to treat me as like, maybe they would treat a cis woman or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's just another example. Mm-hmm. I had to I choose something. Um, I, w- I would like to ask about that a bit further. Um, sure. but I, I might be pushing into something that um, okay. <laughs> doesn't have fine. No, I, I don't know how relevant it is to you. So you can. Oh, okay. Know, yeah. When you mentioned being an independent person, a strong person, is this a part of yourself concept that you maybe prioritize or um, like about yourself? Yeah, Mm-mm. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. So are there certain kinds of situations that you, um, what am I trying to say? how do you, or do you try to demonstrate that kind of independence or strength to other people socially in different types of interactions? Yeah. Um, so I, I try to, to share my journey as much as possible, share mm-hmm. the transition process and what it's been like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess just showing where I'm at now and mm-hmm. how much of it was really done on my own in terms of actually figuring out the hormones, figuring out the process of it all, getting to a place where I'm just feeling comfortable. A lot of it wasn't, um, I really felt like a, I mean, it, it felt like other people were supportive and helping, mm. but it felt like all of the things I needed to do to get here was, were done mostly by me. Mm-mm. And so I guess that's how, that's how I feel strong. That's how I feel independent is that it's, it hasn't been given Mm-hmm. and I, I try not to take a lot of it for granted Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. when you say um the kind of work and efforts um in your transition that were required do you mean um physical mental emotional what kind yeah. of <laughs> all of the above okay. yeah. um mm-hmm. I mean like first starting hormones the first six months to a year. I mean, that was just an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. up and down mood swings and the whole thing. And, and I had some people I would talk to, but I, I feel like I dealt with a lot of those emotions on my own. And I, I didn't really talk to many, like mm-hmm. not just gender therapists, but therapists in general, I didn't really seek out a lot of help. So I felt like I dealt with a lot of that on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, the process, the physical process of, trying to get my body, like my body weight in the right place for the mm-hmm. hormones. And all of this was, was really done by, mm-hmm. I feel like the willpower that I had. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this, if you relate to this, but I feel like um, we do so many things by ourselves 
it's only until it's over with that we realize not necessarily that we did it alone mostly, but that it was actually so much more like emotional and mental work than we had really thought it was when we were going through it. When we're going through it, we're just like, I'm, I'm doing it. I will get to the end. You know, this is what I have to do. And then at the end, it's like, wow. Like (laughs) it's a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's scary to think that, you know, there are people going through this and, and having a better understanding of it at an earlier age. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't get a full grasp of it until my twenties. And so people Mm -hmm. who are, fully aware of it in their their teenage years and not knowing what to do with it or being told that they can't do something about it it's just mm-hmm. extremely infuriating and because mm-hmm. it's so so difficult to get through that on your own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it really is yeah. and your 20s less than your when you're a teenager or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah let's see for question six um, what have been any memorable successes or challenges in socializing your preferred gender? And if you could please describe these experiences, they can be things um, like um, trying new clothing or also just things that are related to your personality or goals, any types of things like that. Yeah. Um, I guess when I, when I started dating, that was, that was a big accomplishment because it just finally felt like I'd gotten to this point that I never envisioned for myself, Mm -hmm. um, to be seen as this person and to actually be, um, have people be attracted to me. And all of this was just something that I thought was not possible and out the door a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I would say, dating help with that um I I wrote about this a little bit when um and the the thing mm-hmm. that I sent back but mm-hmm. uh a couple years after my transition I was like invited to New York to kind of mm-hmm. help out with this this pitch that was going to be on television and that was the first time that I felt like wow mm-hmm. this is you know, kind of a big deal. Like this is, it seems to be a very positive thing that's happening and hopefully it'll be positive, you know, going forward and and helping other people. Um, so that was an experience all on its own. And, and Mm -hmm. I felt like that was the first time that I I didn't feel bad about being trans. Um, cause it it felt like there would be, uh, it would be impactful in the end. Mm -hmm. May I ask you, um, when you say that you didn't feel bad about being trans, do you mean that um, the way that you say it, it sounds like almost kind of external, almost like, almost like you're doing it to somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) True. Do you mean it in that way or do you mean it like that you felt good about yourself in this moment? Yeah. Yes. I I didn't feel like it was something to be ashamed of or mm-hmm. something that um, wouldn't, that was something that would prevent me from getting somewhere in life. Because mm-hmm. in that moment, I felt like, I mean, it felt like anything was possible and it felt really good. Mm-hmm. What was it specifically about that moment that made you feel that way? Um, I guess just having people, 
having people not view being trans as being mm-hmm. something that was either disgusting or or uh, something to be feared or mm-hmm. what have what have you and it just it felt like these people were trying to felt like their intentions were really trying to help help women um, mm-hmm. feel comfortable with themselves and find find their place Mm-mm-mm-mm. I just thought that was I thought that was that was nice yeah yeah when um do you mind if I talk to you a bit more about this experience because I remember sure. in the prompt and yeah. I remember that you mentioned um let's see actually I I would like to just look at your prompt quickly okay. so I can remember exactly um I think, of course, we can have an, any number of different feelings about about something, right? So yeah, I don't mean to, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? To make little or less of what you had just mentioned. But I'm sure. also interested in what you said in the prompt. And <laughs> I do remember what I said. <laughs> you mentioned that it had, it had also felt um, like they were uh, pushing one particular way a trans woman needed to be. That's yes, I do yeah. feel that way. And I wonder um, if you could just yeah describe this for me a bit more. Sure. Yeah. Um, so even though I, I do think their intentions were good yeah. um, with with what they were trying to do, it also felt like um, the woman who was working on it, um, mm-hmm. who owned this company, who was trying to feminize trans women, mm-hmm. it, it did feel a little bit more like <clears throat> trying to play dress up mm-hmm. and. And I, I think at the time I felt like that was okay mm. because I wanted to appear more feminine. I wanted to do these mm. things. Um, but looking back on it, I feel like well, maybe, maybe that's, that's not such a great thing to do. I mean, everyone's different and, and maybe some people want to feel, feel that way, like hyper feminine mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. things like that. But I guess... I wish I had maybe a little bit more input than I did because I felt like mm-hmm. I didn't have a huge say in mm-hmm. um, the experience and maybe what it what it meant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like my voice was maybe diminished a little bit during the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it seems like the way that you had talked earlier too about um, your own independence that. Yeah follow this kind of specific image yeah yes. wouldn't you wouldn't be able to have the input that yeah that you had mentioned it makes sense and let's see oh, is there anything else for question six or any of the part two questions that you would like to add um, oh, i think i think that's i think that's good okay <laughs> and for part three Part three, interpersonal interactions and social expectations. So sometimes these questions, um, we may have already covered some of this. So we'll just kind of go through them a bit. And if you feel that it's already been covered, we can move on from it. Question seven, how has your approach to socializing changed over time? Um, And are there any factors or contexts that have influenced these changes? Um, and do you have any memories of testing out new approaches to socialization? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I think just getting older has helped me 
become a lot more less concerned with how others are viewing me. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a very human, uh, human thing to experience. Mm-hmm. So I think where gender is involved and my transi- transition is involved with that. It's just, I, I don't care as much if people don't see me as a woman, a hundred percent of the time, or I don't care if, you know, if someone either maybe accidentally misgenders me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've just, I, I know where I'm comfortable at, like with mm-hmm. myself. And so before it felt like a lot of it may have kind of been for show or so that mm-hmm. others can get used to calling me these things and used to, to treating me maybe a little bit differently. Um, but now it's just, I, I feel better just not, not doing a lot of the things I did before, like wearing makeup every day and, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, just, just so many things that I feel like I did. I, I don't try to do as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's helped me. I think it's helped me socialize better. Um, because mm-hmm. when I would try to do all of that stuff and go out in public, I feel like my mind was always was worried about either being doxxed or uh or not doxxed clocked mm-hmm. um people figuring out I was trans and I would always be concerned about how my makeup looked and how mm-hmm. all these things maybe made me look and stand out more and maybe that mm-hmm. attention was not something I wanted or needed um so now it's just it's it's been a relief to just not care <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you say that um, earlier you say you know being um, preoccupied with being clocked, preoccupied maybe with being clocked, or these kind of yeah. external factors? So yeah. um, at this time, if let's say I'm not trying to answer your own question for you. In my- no, sorry. <laughs> so. In that case, would you have a more like internal, like personality kind of representation socially compared to before? Um, I, I, say, say that again, I'm sorry. So, um, okay, maybe, I, maybe I'm wording it and not in the best way. So previously, maybe let's say you wanted to demonstrate to others, okay, yes. I, I look like this, this, and this. So right. now at this time, what things do you want to demonstrate to others? What, what things are important to you to demonstrate to others? Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess that I'm, I'm, I'm more than what I was trying to be mm-hmm. and my, how I identify cannot be um, pinpointed to little minor things that I did back then. So mm-hmm. with like the makeup and things like that, I, I don't feel like any of that or surgeries, like I talked about earlier, not wanting to do that stuff. I don't think any of those things um, would, would change how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess internally it just, it, um, yeah, I, I just, and I want people to know that I want people to know that these things aren't necessary. At least I want my, like my peers, my friends to know this, that these things aren't necessary for them to keep viewing me this way because nothing's really changed that much. Um, mm-hmm. Other than 
maybe things that a lot of like cis people stop doing over time with aging, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just, it's a very similar experience. And so Mm -hmm. I don't think that should ever change how, how anyone Mm -hmm. views me. I hope that that answered it. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. That was great. Yeah. Thank you. And for question eight, how would you describe how society or community members receive you? Um, What social practices are common in your interactions with others, especially like day-to-day kinds of social practices, if anything in particular that stands out? And do you feel that you have to adapt to others' expectations? We might have kind of already covered this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I definitely don't feel like I have to adapt to others' expectations anymore. Um, That was definitely early transition. I thought that a lot, Um, but now not so much. Mm. Um, I guess I'm not 100% sure how um, a lot of other people view me. I, Mm. I mean, I've had, I've had really great discussions with really close friends and they you know they're all super supportive they say like even people who knew me pre-transition they just see me as this because this is how like kind of in their minds they've always seen me so that you know that's felt good Uh, maybe society as a whole I don't know Um, especially right now with a lot of like the the anti-trans legislation (laughs) and stuff you know Mm -hmm. I do think about that I talk about that a bit and um that gets overwhelming but um I don't know and I I don't really know how many other trans people view me as well I don't have too many trans friends and I don't know why that is but there's not too many people that like I talk to on a daily basis who are trans I've had people Mm. either look at like some of the things I've written or some of my social media pages and and talk to me about you know being a good kind of role model and stuff like that and someone to look up to which is nice but I don't I don't know Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. okay yeah that's fine and for question oh we're on question nine right uh yes so I just added this question actually um and yes let's see if it makes sense. <laughs> Let's see what I've written makes sense. So do you have a, a mantra or like a picture or vision of yourself that you want to convey in social interactions, whether it's the same vision um, generally for everyone or whether it's something different for different types of people or places that you interact with? Like I want to be this for these people. Or I want to be this for these people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, I, I, I kind of just want everyone to, to see me as like the same. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think I, I want any particular group of people or uh, individual person to see me mm-hmm. um, differently than how everyone else does. Cause I just think that um, I would like everyone just to, to like the person that I'm, you know, trying to you know, mm-hmm. present myself as now and, and what I'm doing now. And so I, um, yeah, that's kind of tough, <laughs> a tough one to answer. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I added it because I noticed that some people would describe like a concept that they used to kind of drive how they interacted with people. Um, so yeah, that's why I added this one, but it's, I, okay. I'm not sure that it necessarily applies to everyone. <laughs> yeah. And let's see. So if we have anything for number 10, what are your expectations of others in social interactions? Do others' reactions to your self-presentation to you affect your approaches to social practice? Yeah. Um, I guess my expectations of others are just to, to try to have some understanding, um, try to have um, some sympathy mm-hmm. um because I feel like everyone who who's, goes through something wants you know maybe not wants sympathy but um I feel like people should be sympathetic to one another um mm-hmm. and what everyone's going through mm-hmm. and um, not to say that uh like being trans or anything is some super debilitating thing but mm-hmm. it can be for people and um I think people just need to have a better understanding and a better grasp of what it really means um, mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. and how much of your life is is flipped flipped around um, mm-hmm. when one either decides to transition or or remain in a state of like uh, where they're at whether it be like depression or, you know, mm-hmm. something and people who can't, can't go through with that. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I guess I just, I, yeah, just want people to be more understanding and mm-hmm. um, do others reactions to myself. Um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to answer that second one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And I, I, I don't know what I would say for the second question there. Um, That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. May I ask you quickly, um, you yeah. mentioned uh, having sympathy for others, such as when their life is kind of flipped around. Yeah. And for you, what would be some of those things that you felt were especially flipped around? Yeah. Um, I try... I, I try to talk about this because it's, it's something that I don't think a lot of people think about is that it's when you start a transition, you know, there's, let's take clothes as an example, you know, a lot of people may be given clothes for holidays or birthdays and things like that. So say you're getting one set of clothes that's more aligned with this gender for X amount of years, and then you transition and it's like, all of that stuff just makes you feel bad and makes you feel like, you know, it's not something that you either want around you or anything like that. You know, it's, it's, it's getting rid of things that people gave you that you may um, have some attachment to, like, you don't want to get rid of stuff that people give you in like, you know, Mm -hmm. a mean way. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it's like having to rebuild this this entire wardrobe is having to rebuild all these other things and whether it be finances going into this stuff this stuff isn't cheap and Mm -hmm. so people are spending a lot of money on 
rebranding themselves and trying to trying to feel just a little bit of comfortability and so many people I think take that for granted of just not having to feel like they've they have to change their entire life to feel better and it's like just people your average average person doesn't feel that and so I I guess I want people to know more about that. And when I say flipped around or flipped upside down, it's like you really are putting, you know, it's an investment. It's an investment financially, emotionally, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I spent, God, like when I first transitioned, I spent, copious amounts of money on like wigs and different clothes trying to like figure out what I liked and just all this stuff that was such a not a waste of money because it you know it made me feel better but stuff that everyday people probably don't really do much Mm -hmm. um at least they don't they don't completely get rid of all of their old things Mm -hmm. I mean there are some people who do but I don't know it's just it's uprooting your life and yeah yeah Mm -mm -mm -mm. yeah I see what you mean um I wanted to ask you yeah something about um the attachment that you have to things to your past self your past life that you have to maybe face getting rid of or changing yeah and I'm just wondering what that's like and how or if you're able to, how do you gain attachment to this new, new things that represent your new self? Is it possible to have that same type of attachment that you had before? I think so. Um, I definitely think so. Especially, especially when there are people in your life that are like I have that have been very supportive throughout and know me and only see me as kind of how I am now and mm-hmm. things that they've done for me and and stuff that um maybe is either given to me people who have who've maybe given me new sets of clothes that have made me feel better and things like that so I mean some people can can adapt and some people can be supportive and accepting but getting rid of some of those attachments to people that aren't in my life anymore that's I feel like it's a lot harder um Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah I see yes Mm -hmm. and let's see question 11 okay all right yeah question 11 are there consequences to socially practicing but maybe more specifically to not practicing your preferred gender and I mean that consequences to yourself like emotionally mentally Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, shoot, <laughs> when I was like, and um, going through like middle school and high school, and I wasn't really sure um, of what any of this meant. Mm-hmm. I, I felt so alone and isolated. And mm-hmm. it was what I thought about a lot of the time. And so not being able to express that it got me into where I just, I didn't care about my schooling. I didn't care about 
these things that I needed to do to maybe be more successful um, than I am now. Mm-hmm. And so kind of going back to the previous question a little bit with, with talking about like um, flipping your life around or upside down, it's like when people aren't able to express that stuff like at an earlier age and, and understand what this means and being able to express it and able to focus on other aspects of their life that they're able to, mm-hmm. um, whether it be school or relationships with their peers, things like that. I mean, I, I graduated high school, but like, I didn't, I didn't push myself. I didn't, I didn't try to do the best that I could. And I like, didn't go to like four-year college, like most people do. And I didn't do these things because I was so focused on feeling bad. (laughs) And so, you know, that's definitely a, a, um, a consequence. I mean, Mm -hmm. your life gets put on hold for a really long time, um, Mm -hmm. until you, you know, eventually just take it back. (laughs) Mm Um, yeah. Um, and, and consequences to socially practicing it. Um, I, I mean, the only consequences I can really think of are, you know, in places that may just not be super accepting, you know, um, but most of those consequences are stemming from lawmakers and people in government who are are making laws to make these things not be socially acceptable. So it's, it's like, if, if that wasn't there and people weren't telling other people not to be this way, then Mm. I mean, it'd be a lot better and there wouldn't be as many consequences about presenting yourself Mm -hmm. as your preferred gender. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else to add to part three or shall we move on to part four? Um, Yeah, I can move on. So part four, question 12, how would you describe your current self or your approach to social interaction, whether it's a mentality, behavior, presentation? Yeah. um, So, I mean, I still kind of like the the beginning, you know, I still Mm -hmm. identify to others, you know, like as a trans woman. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess it's... um, the way that I approach interacting with people is a lot more, um, a lot more mature than it used to be. (laughs) Um, and a lot more less focused on, um, Mm -hmm. trying to present as a woman and more just present as like another human being. (laughs) Mm Um, so I try not to focus too much on, I guess, the gender aspect of it anymore Mm -hmm. as much as I used to. Mm-mm. It's like, just see me as a person. <laughs> we'll get along fine. Yes. Mm-mm. And for question 13, what are your future goals? So um, any goals whatsoever related to um, gender, transitioning, anything in your life at all? Yeah. Um, so I'm currently, um, it's been a, on a bit of a hole, but I'm currently working on, on trying to work on a book. Um, mm-hmm. that's focused primarily on kind of some of the things I mentioned earlier about um, transitioning and people's lives being flipped around and how a lot of those conversations aren't typically had. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about 
a little bit of, of my struggles with it mm-hmm. and all of that. So I'm working on that. Um, I do have a, a blog that I discuss some trans issues that are going on in the, in the country right now. Um, so I'm working on that and other than that future goals, I, I, I'm back in school, um, <laughs> trying to actually focus on my education this time around. Cause like I said, it was very difficult doing that when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm just trying to, and trying to make peace with, um, things being a process and uh, that everyone's success is not going to happen at the same time. And just trying to get into that mentality and mm-hmm. yeah. That's a, that's a really hard thing to do for me. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Oh my gosh. I have to remind myself, um, every day. Um, and, and sometimes from like different perspectives, I have to remind myself, like, um, yeah. this is what you feel good doing and it's going to be enough because that's what makes you feel good. And it's, it's okay. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, if you don't mind, would you mind sharing your blog with me? Um, yeah. It won't be used in reference to the research at all. I would just like to see it and sure. support you and, oh, and you. just kind of get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, can you can you let me know it now or would you rather send it in an email? Oh, yeah, I can let you know now. Okay. Um, do you want me to like type it in the chat or? Yeah, I always forget that we have these yeah. <laughs> to help us out. Um, so it is a Substack. That's what I'm currently writing on. Um, I believe it's, I think it's just my first and last name. I think it's just that. Is that a link? I don't know what that is. I don't know how people make the links actually. Um, I don't I either. Some <laughs> of my professors do it and it doesn't, I, I don't know how they did it. I'm just going to write it down. Really All right. Uh, is, sure Substack, is Substack um, a blog type of website? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, it's very easy to navigate and um, just kind of it's kind of like a newsletter in a way Mm-mm. um so people can subscribe and this is like an unpaid one but people have like paid ones so you can subscribe and get uh-huh. weekly emails or not weekly emails but like emails anytime you post out something new yeah. um so yeah I think that is the right yeah that's the right address so yeah, right now I just talk about like just some things that have been going on um whether it be like with political commentators that are on YouTube or like different um, legislation that's happening. I just share my thoughts on mm-hmm. some of the things. So yeah, that's yeah. a book sounds wonderful too. I think you seem, you seem really lovely. And I think that um, it would be excellent to have a book with your kinds of the way that you speak is really um, easy you. to, it's really relatable. Yeah. The things that you I, talk I'm, about. I'm glad. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to stop the recording okay. somehow. Uh, okay.